welcome back to Into the Fray. I'm your host, Austin Neil Gregory. And this week, we are continuing our series through the book of Galatians, through the letter to the Galatians by Paul, and breaking it down verse by verse. This one is titled, What is Faith? Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus, the anointed one's death, was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about the anointed one, about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about the Anointed One, Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. So, all who put their faith in the anointed one Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. Galatians 3, 1 through 9. It is in these verses that we begin to see Paul setting up what I believe is an overarching vision for where he will take us for the rest of the letter. As you may remember from previous episodes, the tension Paul address, is addressing here is one of law versus grace. But not law versus grace in the sense that these believers thought they could earn God's favor. Rather, these early believers were in a predicament of sorts. The Jews in their history had made covenants with this one God named Yahweh. Along with those covenants, these promises that Yahweh restored this people, Yahweh also gave this people his law. His law being the Torah. The law that these people were given had a purpose, and it was to help set this chosen people apart from all the other nations. It was to distinguish this group of people apart from the people of the world so that the world could see on a stage with a spotlight what this God, Yahweh's relationship and character is really like with this very people. Jesus comes onto the scene though and claims to be the anointed one, the Christ that was promised to redeem Israel. But there was a problem. This Jesus character was not what the Jews were expecting. He often challenged the people of Israel to look at the law deeper with sayings like, If you look upon a woman with lust, then you have already committed adultery. Or if you hold up anger in your heart against someone, you have already committed murder. Along with the push to look at the law in a deeper sense, Jesus also challenged Jewish people in how they approach religious holidays like Sabbath by saying, Man was not made for Sabbath, but the Sabbath made for man. He struck controversy by claiming that the goal with these holidays or laws or rituals was not for the people to be burdened by them, but that through these holidays, like Sabbath, they would be blessed, that they would be free to breathe, to relax, to truly rest in the way Yahweh intended. 
as we read, you hear Paul asking these questions on whether these believers receive the spirit of Jesus by obeying the law or by faith. And what Paul is doing here is he wants the people of Israel and these Gentiles who have bought in to understand that faith is what makes them a child of God, as Paul says in Galatians 3, verses 7 through 9. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more? The scriptures looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. So, all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. It is by faith that we are saved. But what is faith? Is faith blindly believing in things when all reason says not to? It's faith confidence because you did your homework, you know the right answer, and thus you can confidently put all your belief into this thing to get the result that you are asking for. John Calvin in his famous work, The Institutes of the Christian Religion, says, We shall now have a full definition of faith if we say that it is a firm and sure knowledge of the divine favor toward us, founded on the truth of a free promise in Christ, and revealed to our minds and sealed on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Calvin here alludes to the fact that faith is a work of the Holy Spirit itself, and our faith is founded, built on the foundation that is the promises of God. That is not just a mere head knowledge, but it's the truth that had been sealed upon our hearts. Faith is deeper than mere belief. It's a miracle in its own right. Again, Calvin says, By knowledge, we do not mean comprehension, such as that which we have of things falling under human sense. For that knowledge is so much superior that the human mind must far surpass and go beyond itself in order to reach it. In other words, when Calvin says faith is knowledge, he does not mean mere knowledge in the sense of understanding based on gathering all of the facts and diagrams, testing your hypothesis. No, this faith is far deeper, far more above our human intellect can even process. Faith often in the Bible is termed understanding and knowledge. But as Calvin continues to say, it's showing that what we understand by faith is yet distant from us and escapes our view. Hence, we conclude that the knowledge of faith consists more of certainty than discernment. Lastly, Calvin wraps this up by saying, This assurance we cannot have without truly perceiving its sweetness and experiencing it in ourselves. Hence, from faith, the apostle deduces confidence, and from confidence, boldness. This undoubtedly showing that our faith is not true unless it enables us to appear calmly in the presence of God. The right question must now be to ask, how can we, mere people whose bare intellect cannot even fully comprehend the faith that has been given to us, how are we able to sing calmly in the presence of God like Calvin said? We are so finite, we are so limited compared to the magnitude of Yahweh. Over and over again as you read the scriptures, it's baffling the kinds of people, people like you and me, who are able to have this beautiful relationship, this friendship with Yahweh. When they, like all of us, are messes in the making. Every morning we get up, our natural self immediately begins to drift its way into sin. Yet, even though that is our natural state, somehow we are able to experience this calmness before the Almighty. Paul says in Galatians 3, verses 10-14, through 14, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. 
Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law that is not of faith, rather the one who does them, shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ, the anointed one Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. See, the law that was given to the children of Israel was not a law given in order for these people to be made right with Yahweh. It's actually the opposite. In a time in history where many cultures would have done this list of things, this list of tasks and duties in order to gain favor from whatever or whoever God they worship, for the Jews, Yahweh gave them a law that they even on their best day would not be able to perfectly follow. The law was actually a burden. If you were to look at the law, you would feel the weight you must carry from all the times you had broken it. You would live in a state of shame and guilt. And then for Jesus to come onto the scene and push people to look at the law even deeper at a heart level, we all just would stand back and realize we are hopeless. The law reveals to us that we are a broken people. There is nothing we could do to truly gain favor from Yahweh. As I could say, as 64.6 says, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. As Paul says, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. Rather, it is by faith that we are deemed righteous before God. But the act that made this even possible is the act of Christ, the anointed one, Jesus of Nazareth, taking our place. In theology, this act is called the great exchange, where the perfect sinless son takes the shame, takes the burden off of the broken, imperfect, unrighteous son and puts it on himself. Or as I had it communicated to me when I was in high school and how I teach our kids and youth at the bridge, it's as if you were standing there condemned in a courtroom. Everything you did wrong had just been charged against you and now you stand condemned. You've got a life sentence on your head. The death penalty is not even enough to amount to what you did. But then a perfect, sinless man, a stranger, if you will, steps in and says to the judge, I will take your place. I'll take all the shame of your sin being exposed. I'll take all the humiliation and stand there naked on a cross. I'll take the death penalty so that they may live. There it's done. The great exchange. One person's sinlessness traded for all the baggage and consequences that sins inevitably brings with it. Also, that we both Jew and Gentile may live life and live it abundantly. We must grapple with the fact that it's by the work of Jesus that our faith is even made possible. Our faith is a gift, and it is by faith that we are saved.